Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride. I'm back after a week off over at the Senior Bowl, and I'm ready to go over all the important news we've heard about over the last couple of weeks. And of course, answer your mailbag questions. Reminder, to have your questions answered on the show, tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sppquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95, or sppquestions1 at gmail.com. Let's get to it. We'll start things off with the two-hand touch game that we called the Pro Bowl last week, and the Raiders had a pretty good showing. Max Crosby filled up the stat sheet with five total tackles, three pass deflections, three TFLs, and two sacks. And that was good enough to take home defensive MVP honors for the All-Star game. And Hunter Renfro was the second leading receiver on the AFC with five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. While Denzel Perryman had one tackle in limited action. But by far the star of the show was A.J. Cole. Cole was interviewed during the game and delivered a fantastic quote saying, This is probably my favorite stat line I've ever had. Got zero punts, three holds, and two halftime hot dogs. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty fired up for some more A.J. Cole interviews in the future. As I'm sure you know by now, the Raiders have hired former Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels as their next head coach, and former Patriots director of player personnel Dave Ziegler as their general manager. I believe I went over their backgrounds when they interviewed a couple of weeks ago, so I won't rehash that, and this is kind of old news already, so I'll move on to a few of the other hirings that came about since we last spoke. Champ Kelly was Las Vegas' other big addition to the front office as he was named assistant general manager. Kelly has worked with Ziegler in Denver and actually interviewed for the GM job as well, and clearly he made quite the impression. Kelly also worked in Chicago with the Bears, where he was highly thought of by former Raider Khalil Mack. For the Raiders coaching staff, one of the biggest hires was that defensive coordinator with former New York Giants DC Patrick Graham. Like Ziegler and McDaniels, Graham spent some time in New England before heading to the Big Apple, and he also spent a year working for Brian Flores down in Miami. I for one excited to see what Graham can do as he's well known for using multiple defensive looks and personnel and adjusting his game plan from week to week, something that has been lacking from the silver and black for a while. One more coordinator hire, the Raiders are bringing in former Broncos special teams coordinator Tom McMahon for the same role. To be honest, McMahon didn't have a whole lot of success in Denver, but he will be working with some talented specialists in A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson. Now, there was some ambiguity about the Raiders' defensive backs coach. On Sunday, it was reported that former Jacksonville Jaguars DB's coach Chris Ash will be joining McDaniel's staff for the same position, and then the next day, someone else reported that former Carolina Panthers passing game coordinator Jason Simmons will be coaching the Raiders' secondary. The best and simplest way I can clear things up for you guys is to say they're both coming to Vegas and taking the same positions they held at their previous locations. Ash will coach the DBs, as I mentioned, and Simmons will be the defensive passing game coordinator. As far as their backgrounds go, last year was actually Ash's first in the NFL as he previously served as Texas's defensive coordinator and Rutgers' head coach, along with several other college jobs. Simmons had a 10-year playing career in the league and broke in as a defensive assistant for the Green Bay Packers, working his way up to defensive backs coach. The Raiders will have at least one holdover from last year's coaching staff as Edgar Bennett will be returning as the team's wide receivers coach. 
Bennett has been with the Silver and Black since 2018 and has become a well-respected coach in the league. Unfortunately, new coaches coming also means old coaches leaving. The biggest name departing Vegas is Gus Bradley, who will be taking over as the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator and taking defensive backs coach Ron Mulis with him. Who knows what that means for impending free agent Casey Hayward and several other players that Bradley bought with him. Chicago Bears hired former Raiders assistant defensive line coach Travis Smith to be their D-line coach, dropping assistance from his title, while former running backs coach Tim Burbanich is joining the Houston Texans as their tight ends coach after just one season with the Raiders. Last but certainly not least, former special teams coordinator and interim head coach Rich Visaccia will not be returning to the Silver and Black as he's headed to Green Bay to be the Packers' new special teams coach. This was somewhat of an unexpected move as the writing was on the wall after the Raiders hired McDaniels as the head coach, but I think I speak for all of Raider Nation when I say thank you, Coach Visaccia. You dealt with a ton of crap this year, and still led this team to the playoffs. So, on behalf of all of us, best of luck in Green Bay, and we wish you the best. For my Bay Area folks, a memorial for John Madden will be held at Ring Central Coliseum in Oakland, or the Collie as I like to call it, on February 14th at 5.30 p.m. I can't think of a better way to spend your Valentine's Day dinner than to commemorate one of the biggest, and honestly probably the biggest icon in the game. Tickets are currently available on Ticketmaster and are priced at $32.14 and parking will be free. So if you can, make sure to make it out to the Collie and honor Coach Madden. I'm not going to dive into too many details on the Brian Forrest lawsuit as I'm sure most of you know the nuts and bolts of it by now, but I did want to briefly touch on how the Raiders are involved. Flores' suit calls out the Raiders for their handling of their Gruden email scandal, essentially saying that Mark Davis and the organization did nothing to punish Gruden after his email that included a racial trope about Demora Smith, and that they allowed him to, quote-unquote, graciously resign and claim that it was due to not wanting to be a distraction, end quote. The suit also points out that Reggie McKenzie was fired a year after Gruden was hired, and the Raiders roster has gone from 82.3% black to 67.2% since McKenzie's departure. I'm not really sure what's going to come of this, if anything, but as always, I'll keep you guys posted. Let's end the news on some positivity. Legendary Raiders wide receiver Cliff Branch is finally, finally getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Branch unfortunately passed away in 2019, so he won't be there to receive his gold jacket, but it's been a long wait and this has to be an extremely gratifying feeling for the Branch family. Speedy Whiteout had 501 career catches for 8,685 yards and 67 touchdowns in his regular season career, but he became most famous for his postseason performance where he ranked 6th all-time with 1,289 receiving yards and was a part of all three of the Raiders' Super Bowl victories. The Hall of Fame ceremony will take place at the beginning of August in Canton, Ohio, as always. Mailbag time. Reminder, to have your questions answered on the show, Tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to svpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, which defensive lineman will the Raiders bring back next year? Well, let's see. We'll start at defensive tackle because that's kind of the biggest question mark I feel like right now. I think Kendall Vickers is literally the only guy that they have under contract right now that's going to, that is, or excuse me, that plays defensive tackle. Um, I kind of get the feeling that Jonathan Hankins is probably on his way out. Um, Love Hank, love Big Hank. I think he's done a lot for the defense in the last few years. This year is definitely a down year for him and undoubtedly, and I believe he's crossing that 30-year threshold or that age 30 threshold. So I kind of get the feeling that they're going to move on from him. I do think he kind of has a little bit of an uh, expendable role as well. It's just kind of that 
two down player, but maybe they bring him back again because they do need volume and obviously stopping the run was an issue. Quentin Jefferson, gotta think he's probably gonna go with Bradley or not be returned to the Raiders as great of a the end of the season that he had last year. Again, I think the Raiders need to get a little bit better, a little bit more stout up front to be able to stop the run. And again, Jefferson's kind of getting up there in age. Um, Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas is an interesting one. I get the feeling he probably won't be back either, which seems to be a common theme. Um, I think with him, it's just a matter of, is he big enough to play defensive tackle or is he athletic enough to play the defensive end? He kind of falls in that that category, that hybrid category where it just hasn't quite worked out for him. Um, we'll see if they bring him back. I think he's a candidate to come back. Again, no ties to Bradley or anything like that. And he played well at the beginning of the season, so we'll see on him. I get the feeling Carl Nassib's probably going to be gone too. I think his contract, they can get out of it this year, and he makes way too much money to be a backup. And kind of him and Cleveland Farrell kind of in that same category. They can walk away from Carl's contract a little bit easier than they can uh, Cleveland if they can't trade Cleveland, which, as you guys have heard me talk about it before, they kind of killed Cleveland's trade value. So I have a feeling he's probably back just out of necessity next year. And then the one guy that I, I'm really hoping, and I know I'm not um, alone on this, that they end up bringing back is going to be Darius Phylon. Again, end of the year on a really good high note. Can rush the passer. Can stop the run as well. It's just a matter of how is he going to recover from that knee injury. But I'm, again, another uh, another Bradley guy that may or may not be coming back. But if they're going to bring any of them back, I feel like it's got to be him or uh, Casey Hayward. So, those are the guys. I think we're going to see a lot of changes up front, especially at that defensive tackle spot. Max and Yannick are obviously going to hold down the starting spots, but uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we get some more playing time with uh, Malcolm Kuntz this upcoming season. Next up, how are you feeling about the new regime at the moment? I'm a little worried about McDaniels just as a personality aspect. I've said this a few times where I kind of get the feeling that he might still kind of be a dick for lack of a better word, which was kind of his undoing in Denver. But I will give the guy a ton of credit. I think he's learned from his previous mistakes, or at least I hope he has, and become a better coach and a better person for it and all that stuff and kind of learned that the reason why Bill Jelichek can get away with kind of being that, that asshole, that jerk or whatever as a, as a coach is because he has the, the long resume that Josh McDaniels doesn't. So I'm hoping that he can at least uh, rectify that because as far as being an offensive mind, I mean, he's brilliant. He's one of the better ones. So I'm excited to see what he can do with this offense and Derek Carr. Um, you know, it's just a matter of how great of a managing or how much he's improved at managing personalities, which again, I think the second time around, that's where you kind of learn those things and that's where you can improve. I, like I talked about at the beginning, I'm really excited about the the Patrick Graham hire. I think he's been a defensive coordinator that I just love because again, you know, I talked about it before. He He's not stuck in one scheme. He's not going to sit here like Paul Gunther did and say, we have to draft to fit my scheme. He's going to sit there and say, give me the best players and I'll figure it out. Um, and that's something that, again, I love in a coach. I love, and especially in a defensive coordinator, just get the dudes on that side of the ball and we'll figure it out later. So I think that's going to be pretty awesome for the Raiders. It's going to open up the draft board a little bit, open up free agency. So I'm excited to see how that unfolds. And then a lot of the other guys, you know, I I, I know not a hundred percent sold on getting, getting rid of her, not necessarily getting rid of Mullis for Chris Ash, but replacing a uh, Molly with a, with Ash just because Ash doesn't have a ton of NFL experience. Um, his track record at, at Rutgers was pretty bad. Not that I'm going to hold that against him too much because that program has been a dumpster fire in college football for a while. But Mully had, you know, I think two decades, over two decades of NFL experience. Ash comes in with two. Not to say that he can't get the job done, but again, 
would have been a little bit more comfortable if they had brought him back. Don't know if that was even on the table at this point. And I'll be honest, I'm not a huge special teams guy, but I am a little bit worried about the, the McMahon hire, the guy from the Broncos, the special teams coordinator. Um, one of the problem, Broncos' problems last year was their special teams, so I was a little perplexed by that hiring. Felt like there could have been someone else, but we'll see how that one plays out. I'm excited to see what Ziegler can do, do too. I definitely uh, need to reach out to some of my Pat's contacts to see uh, see how they how involved he was in the draft because they had a pretty good one last year. So uh, I'm excited to see what can happen. And Champ Kelly, I think that's going to be an awesome hire too. And who knows, maybe he can uh, bring that old 52 back. So we'll see what happens. Question three, what roster moves do you see coming this offseason? Well, I'm assuming you're talking about um, free agency or guys leaving this offseason by roster moves. So just kind of looking at what their contract situations, I touched on these a little bit. I get the feeling that Carl Nassib is going to be uh, going to be gone. I think they can save some cash there too. And I know I talked about this before, but with Corey Littleton, uh, they actually have a post-June 1st. So if they wait, if you remember with Julio Jones, he had that kind of similar clause in his contract. If they wait a little bit longer, if they wait till uh, longer in the offseason, they actually can walk away from his contract with not too much dead cap. So I have a feeling he'll probably be out or either restructured, especially seeing as he basically barely played at the end of the year. Krakowski, another guy that's probably going to be out. Kenyon Drake, I'm interested to see what Kenyon Drake could do in this offense. But then again, he is set to have that bigger cap hit next year. So I don't know. I could see him leaving. We'll see what happens there too. Um, Denzel Good, another guy that I think they probably might end up walking away from coming off of a knee injury over 30 years old. Um, so I get the feeling he's probably gone. And the other guy I'll touch on that I'll, I kind of hinted at that's not on the current roster right now or not on the roster for next season is going to be Casey Hayward because I know probably a lot of you guys are questioning or are curious about what you think is going to happen there. I kind of get the feeling that Casey Hayward's probably not going to be coming back. Casey Hayward obviously has ties to Gus Bradley, and as great of a season as Casey Hayward had, he did kind of fall off towards the end there. He is on the wrong side of 30, getting up there in age. So I get the feeling he might be a one-year wonder. I kind of hope they bring him back just because I want to see them bring some sort of veteran and obviously use the best cornerback. Um, and even if they do bring him back, I think corner will be a, dra- a need this offseason, whether that be in the draft or free agency anyway. So I kind of get the feeling he's on his way out, but... Of course, as always, as you keep hearing me say, we'll see what happens. Number four, am I sad the Peterman era is over? Never say never. The Peterman always lands on his feet. I'm not going to say it's over, but yes, I am getting a little sad. It's probably going to be over. I'll probably have a memorial service on Twitter for the Peterman jersey, just a heads up. Um, If he does end up getting cut at that uh, one day that I'm dreading, just so you guys know, but again... I'm I'm not going to accept it until it actually happens, guys. The Peterman era is still very much alive. Here we go. Next one. I'm going to need a safety with sleeper potential. So I'm not sure if this guy really qualifies as a sleeper anymore because he had a pretty good showing at the Senior Bowl, but I'm going to go with Jalen Petrie at a ba- Baylor. He was a guy that kind of did it all for them at Baylor. He would play deep safety, play in the box, then he'd go and cover the slot and a lot of off coverage. And again, he played really well at the Senior Bowl, uh, went against the wide receivers, had some success there, not quite as much as he did against the backs and tight ends, but he's a guy that I think is a really good athlete and a guy that I think they could get for a relatively, relatively cheap draft pick. I'm thinking more like in the second round kind of range. But 
Again, not sure how much of a sleeper he is for you guys right now. I haven't been prioritizing safety quite as much this year, uh, or at least not to this point in my draft research process. But yeah, I'm going to go with Petrie for now. Again, a guy that I think can probably fill a little bit more of what the Raiders are looking for, be that versatile defender vendor for uh, Patrick Graham. So I'm hoping, uh, hoping maybe he can come over to the silver and black. All right, wrapping up. Have you watched Jamison Williams yet, and what are your thoughts if you have? So Jamison Williams, I have been keeping tabs on him, him being a Bama guy and being on TV so much and being at a position of need. Definitely been paying attention to him uh, later in the season. Haven't done a deep dive into Jamison Williams yet, but I like him a lot. I think he's a guy that can fill kind of that Henry Ruggs role that they were looking for last year where not only can he take the top off of a defense, but he can also win in the short to intermediate areas, which is where they were starting to work Henry Ruggs in uh, before that whole incident happened. So I think that's definitely something where Jameis Williams can be on the board for the Raiders. The biggest question is, how is his knee? I know he only tore an ACL, which isn't that big of a deal with uh, modern medicine nowadays. You hear about guys bouncing back from that pretty quickly. But you do want to know how it's going to affect him and how it's going to affect his speed. Because I feel like that's probably the biggest thing that's holding him back from being a slam dunk uh, first-round receiver. I think he'll probably still go in the first anyway. But I think that's going to be... The biggest area of concern with him is just how healthy is he and how is that going to impact him. But yeah, Jamison Williams, I mean, a great receiver, guy that another guy that I would be perfectly happy with the Raiders going with at 22, obviously depending on how free agency and all that other stuff happens. That'll do it for this week's show. As always, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Silver and Black Pride. Follow me on Twitter, at mholder95. And other than that, until next time, guys.